Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you wanna learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, all the free healthy stuff you can think of. It's all at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And what I also was going to say before we get into the show is that we're going to do a little giveaway for all the listeners of The Art of Being Well. If you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, just say why you love the show, rate and review it. And put your Instagram handle in the review and we're giving away free signed books, whatever book of your choice. I'll reach out to you on Instagram and actually you can message me on Instagram and say, hey, I did the review just so, and we'll go through the messages and, and give out some books. You can enter to win some free signed books. You can pick the Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, Intuitive Fasting. What do you guys think of that? Is that... I love it. Who doesn't love something for free? Signed by Dr. (laughs) Will Cole. What book would you pick, Holly? Oh, probably the Inflammation Spectrum, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't don't know what I would pick, but I'm in part. Oh, yeah, what would you pick? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I love them all. They're all little. I love ketotarian favorite meals. I love those Sweet. meals. How about you, Megan? Intuitive fasting. Wow, each Come on. <laughs> Time to sign. The trilogy is complete. <laughs> um, but your friends are back together. The band is back together, reunited. <laughs> the, 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 the funny thing is the band has never broken up because we are, spend every day together. Um, but the functional medicine team is back in action and for, on the podcast, at least, taking a break in between consulting patients to answer your burning health questions and teach you about the latest science and geek out on all things functional medicine and nutrition. So you guys want to say hi to everybody? Hi. Oh, I'm never first. Normally it's Holly. Number one today. (laughs) So my name is Megan. I'm one of the functional diagnostic uh, nutrition practitioners here. I uh, spend my day hosting initial consultations, uh, consulting Dr. Cole over nutrition, supplements, lab appointments, uh, you name it. And I'm I'm hanging out with patients basically all day. Emily. Yes. I feel like I always follow you up and say, I do the same thing as Megan. Yeah. It's so true. We also go by the Sanderson sisters. Yes. You are the Sanderson sisters. (laughs) We do. There's a third one. She's off the air right now. Exactly. (laughs) She'll make her return. Wait, who's Sarah Jessica Parker? That's that's me. Okay. That's absolutely me. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Bette Midler? Andrea. Andrea. Andrea, Who's off the podcast right now, but she's she's across the hall, down the hallway. And I'm just the brunette one. Yeah. (laughs) Poor practice. What's her name? We have to get her. Oh, I'm sorry. She's oh, funny. She's brilliant. I just don't even know, know your name. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, and Holly D, DJ Holly D is DJ back on the Holly ones and D. twos. DJ Holly D, what up? 
<laughs> no, I, my name's Holly and I manage our front office. So if you call our office, you will likely talk to me. I will get you scheduled. It'll be a great time. Oh my goodness. That is true. It's a great time. And you just told me before we started recording how much many people call the clinic and say, I know you. Yeah, we love the comments from everyone that listens to our AMA recordings. It's it's just great and it's fun and it makes it worth it. It definitely does. And we have over 2 million downloads at this point of recording, mm-hmm. which is pretty <laughs> impressive of being on the air for only a year. Pretty cool. Very cool. All right, let's get into the first burning health question. All right. That would be me. All right. So we got a good one today. And this is one we hear not only from prospective patients, but also from our patients in general when we're going over labs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Dr. Cole, uh, we would like to know what is the importance of vitamin D and can we get enough vitamin D through food medicines and sunlight to support optimal vitamin D levels or should we also supplement it year round? That's a good question. Yeah. So no matter when you're listening to this episode, if it's colder months or hotter months, like we have to talk about vitamin D. Vitamin D is extremely important for human health. It's responsible for upwards of over 2000 different pathways in the body. And every cell of your body has a vitamin D receptor site, meaning every cell of your body needs vitamin D to function properly. So it is needed for mood. It's needed for your immune system. It acts as almost like a pro hormone. So we call it vitamin D, but it behaves actually like a hormone, which is interesting. So you need it for your mood. You need it for your immune system. You need it for energy. You need it for regulating inflammation levels. You need it for so many far reaching different reasons. And it's called the sunshine vitamin for a reason, right? You get it primarily through the sun through sunlight, but you can get some of it through foods. It's just not going to be enough. And we all know this clinically, right? It's like, you're going to get some of it through food. For example, fish is a great source of it, depending on the cut of fish and how fatty the fish is like the fattier cuts or fatty fish in general tend to have higher vitamin D levels. You're going to get anywhere between three and 700 IUs of vitamin D, depending on the fish that you're talking about. Think of wild caught salmon and sardines and anchovies and these type of things. Uh, oysters and, and different uh, seafood shellfish have decent amounts. One cup of oysters has about 790, the 800 IUs of, of vitamin D, which is pretty solid. Uh, mushrooms of all things. Mushrooms are freaking amazing, right? Yeah. They're like this amazing, not Super a plant, thin. not an animal, but this really fungus. Wow. They are amazing. Kingdom. So many different kinds. Too. Very so athletic. Different. They're very, very athletic. Yeah. Very athletic. <laughs> That's our term in the clinic here for just being good at all things, but they are good at that. But they, uh, they have this pro-hormone compound called ergosterol, which is used when the mushroom's in the sun. <laughs> when the mushroom is sunbathing, the mushroom produces vitamin D too, but still vitamin D from being in the sun. So wild harvested mushrooms, think Partabella and Cremini mushrooms, they actually have ample, I think 900 IUs of, of vitamin D in good old mushrooms. Ghee has some like clarified butter. You're going to get some food dairy fat as well. The point being, but I'm talking about hundreds of IUs, right? For us to get to the optimal zone, we want it be about 5,000 IUs for the average person. So food is first, right? You should definitely work on nutrient density. Liver is another good source of it as well. It has about the same amount as most fish, uh, grass-fed beef liver, uh, for example. But you're not going to get, and we see this all the time, people that are out in the sun, people that are eating nutrient-dense foods, and their vitamin D is still not in the optimal zone, which is about 60 to 80 is where we want it on blood labs. So supplementation, unless you're in a loincloth in Miami, you know, outside all day long, who the heck's doing that? If you are, send, send, we would want to see that. Sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm retiring. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> like if you are that person, then cool. But the average person 
is not getting that amount of sunlight. And it's not necessarily healthy to be outside in the sun burning yourself either. And we never would be advocating that. So, but there is such a thing as healthy amount of sun, which depending on where you're at in the world, meaning where are you at in relationship to the equator? uh, What's your skin tone and how much basically what's your family history like? Look with different types of cancers too. But anywhere between five and 30 minutes a day, a few times a week, will give you a pretty decent amount of vitamin D. But still, I would advocate looking at your number, running your labs. And we run these labs for people around the world. And supplementation is normally still something that I would advocate, right? Uh, And you can get like things like cod liver oil, which is like a natural source of of vitamin D. And you can get your vitamin D through whole food-based sources. But we typically like to do either cod liver oil or a D3K2, which is another fat-soluble vitamin that people are deficient in that's also needed to regulate inflammation. So those are my thoughts. I don't want to take up the whole show talking (laughs) about vitamin D, but what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. And my favorite is when I meet that uh, patient and I'm going over their labs and they are shocked that they live in California or Miami and their vitamin D level is like a a 20 and they don't understand. And that's why a lot of times we look at genetic factors like the vitamin D receptor genes, because you could be doing all of the right things, but genetics plays a part. You're not just what your genes are, but your genes do affect how you absorb and utilize that vitamin D. Yeah, I can't even tell you how many times we have a patient who's like, <laughs> I get a vitamin D shot. I take vitamin uh-huh. D supplement. Like I do yeah. all these different things. How is my vitamin D level 20? And, you know, it's just having all of that information and that insight is so helpful for them. Well, for someone that like, I feel like I don't get outside that much. What would you say would be like a good goal to just be out in the sun a day? Like, do you have a suggestion? Yeah, I would never recommend someone burning, right? So you have to work your way up. But I that range of about five minutes to 30 minutes, a few times a week, give you a decent amount of sunlight. We live in Pennsylvania. We live mm-hmm. in Western Pennsylvania, which is <laughs> the base, basically the Miami of Pennsylvania. But uh, no, it's we don't get very much sunlight at all. We've had like what five sunny days this year so far. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I think we just hit double digits okay. after this weekend. Okay. So, so you know, and we live our our world's inside. Most people, we're not foraging out in nature in a loincloth. That's what our ancestors would have done. And remember, most of our genetics haven't changed in 10,000 years. So we have to realize to be more in alignment with our biochemistry, eating foods that are nutrient dense makes sense. Being out in the sun within reason makes sense. Uh, But, you know, sunlight, and we just know more with science, right? It doesn't even mean that our ancestors had optimal vitamin D. Um, We can live a longer, healthier life and use science to our benefit here. And we know that optimal vitamin D does a lot of things. There's studies that have been shown. This one specifically was published from the American Osteopathic Association a few years ago that found that there's widespread vitamin D deficiency likely due to not being outside enough. And when we are outside, we're wearing high SPF sunscreen, which we would recommend healthy sunscreens. And we'll talk about this later in the podcast, but it's about balance and it doesn't, it shouldn't be all, and it shouldn't be nothing. I think there's a sweet spot with vitamin D that we need to talk about. Um, So getting some healthy amounts of sunlight makes sense because vitamin D is vitamin D deficiency is associated in the research with autoimmune conditions, with mental health issues, with other inflammatory, chronic diseases, cancers. I could go on and on uh, forever talking about what low vitamin D is associated with. So definitely we're advocates of healthy levels of all these things. You all know my day job is not podcasting. It is looking at labs. It's getting to the root cause of why people are struggling. And look, one of the top things that I see that's super easy to fix is electrolyte imbalances. If your electrolytes are off, you are going to feel like crap. It's increasing fatigue, increasing anxiety, increasing whole host of different problems throughout the body. So you have to make sure your electrolytes are optimized. Take it from me. One way that I love to support electrolyte balance is Element. You all know I love Element and have loved them for years. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. 
Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low carb, paleo diet, just a clean eating diet. Or even if you eat like crap, like <laughs> you have to really be supporting your electrolytes even more then. So check out Element. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. So Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. We all have one of those, right? Get yours at drinkelement.com slash willcole. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to D-R-I-N-K L-M-N-T, drinkelement.com slash willcole. The folks at BioOptimizers have done it again. They've just released their new and improved formula for Magnesium Breakthrough, the most powerful magnesium supplement on the market today. This product was already amazing, but BioOptimizers has continued to research and improve it. This new fourth generation formula means magnesium breakthrough is now even more potent and more effective for reducing stress levels, improving your sleep, and boosting energy levels. If you've already taken magnesium breakthrough, you'll want to try the new formula as soon as you can because it now includes cofactors like vitamin B6 and manganese that help with the absorption of magnesium. And if you've never tried magnesium breakthrough before, now is the perfect time to try it. Here's why. For the deepest healing of many health problems, Dr. Mark Circus says there is going to be only one answer and that answer is magnesium. Why does he say that? Two very important reasons. First, magnesium is involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reactions. And second, about 75% of people are not getting enough magnesium. I have to say, looking at labs all day long for patients, I the amount of magnesium deficiency that I see, it is certainly ubiquitous. This is a much bigger problem than most people think because when you don't get enough magnesium, you suffer from poor sleep, low energy, and even higher stress levels. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash willcole and use code willcole during checkout to save 10%. Again, that special link is magbreakthrough.com slash willcole and use code willcole during checkout to save 10%. Next question. So this time of year, everyone's focused on cleanses. What are your thoughts about doing a seasonal cleanse and what would be the benefits and how would you implement something like this in a healthy way? Okay. So cleanses, you know, it's on our, when you go to drwillcole.com, like one of the pop-ups that I, and I wrote this as a pop-up is to really educate people on the pop-ups for like our subscriber to educate people on what we stand for. That's what I'm trying to say. It says, make your life a cleanse. And I'm, what I mean by that is it cleanse culture and cleanses and detoxes and products that people are selling on social media. I don't know. I feel like context matters with these type of things. Definitely. Of course, I'm support, I'm supportive of somebody bringing in nutrient dense foods and herbs and botanicals and different things like this and different biohacks, right? To support detox pathways, like thinking saunas, et cetera. But I do not like people abusing those things. And I don't like people co-opting that concept and using it for really unhealthy things like restriction and um, punishing the body or using it as a weight loss tool. I, I'm not for that at all. But so seasonal cleanses. It depends on what we're talking about, right? Of course, I think you should really, as I said earlier, make your lifestyle supportive of supporting detox pathways, but you should always be doing that. And I think it's that diet culture, quote unquote, that's saying like, basically eat like junk, eat whatever you want, then go and punish your body because of your bad behavior. That is so unhealthy to living in that vicious cycle. And I feel like that's the weight loss industry co-opting into wellness, the wellness world, which I just, that's not healthy mentally and it's not healthy physically many times, but you know, whatever you want to call it, resets, detox support, cleanses, 
whatever you want to call it. I think there's a right way to do it. And there's an abusive way to do it uh, for yourself. Um, I'm the medical director for Chroma and Chroma is doing amazing things, but they, because we are putting out into the world things that I'm an advocate for, of just bringing healthy nutrient dense foods into your life, uh, to improve how you feel, to use it as a form of self-respect. And I love the five day Chroma reset. We all did it together as a clinic. Wow. Yeah. It was awesome. So yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? Well, I also think too, it's, you know, look at the ingredients of these things. There's so yes, many different options for, you know, you see it pop up everywhere. Hey, try this cleanse. But, you know, a lot of these things, if you're not doing your research or if you're not really looking into the ingredients, I mean, they have, for lack of a better word, crap. And then I'm like, yeah. you know, the, there's things that you can't even pronounce what it is. Like looking at the ingredients of these different powders or liquids or whatever they look like. Yeah. Again, it's, you have to be very mindful about what you're putting in your body. And, and is it truly cleansing your body or is it just adding to the pile of other things, you know, that's junk for you? So yeah. I think just if you are really wanting to do some form of reset, whether it's for health reasons or not, really making sure that you're looking into what you're putting in your body. And that should be a lifelong thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like yeah. we should care about what we're ingesting. We should care about the ingredients. And, you know, we look at the nutrition facts a lot, yeah. but the ingredients in my eyes are way more important yes. to understand what you're putting in your body. Yes. And, you know, I have a general rule of thumb that we say here all the time is, Hey, if you can't pronounce it, you probably shouldn't eat it. Mm -hmm. So I think just like knowing and, and learning about that, if you really want to take that next step and, and do something like that, just know that it's whole foods. That's why we love Chroma is because it's whole foods that we're doing. And there's different tracks and yeah, ways that you can go too. about it, yep. you know, for someone like Megan, who is incredibly athletic and his, <laughs> thank, you. Know, thank you. Uh, you just spoke her love language. <laughs> I, literally, I got fun <laughs> points for that one. The sixth oh, love language my, is like my pandering to your athleticism. <laughs> for someone who, who, anyone who knew me in high school is laughing right now, by the way. <laughs> Well, I look up to you for that, but thank you. Someone who's more athletic, like there's a track for that. Whereas yeah. for me, you know, you know, obviously my, my daily walk is, is where I get most of my exercise. You in. are chasing around those children. Yes. That's exercise <laughs> in itself. Yeah. But there was different tracks that we could choose, which I think is so good because it's important to be realistic, Yeah, be realistic with where you're at mentally, emotionally, physically, and take the appropriate steps for that, which I thought was really great that Chroma is doing. But I think just in in general, knowing if you're going to do something like this to make realistic goals. And that way you can make this a long-term, you know, just, you know, cleansing long-term yeah. of, of just knowing what you're putting in your body. That exactly. Like, honestly, I want to frame that like long-term sustainability. Cause we have so many patients who come to us and they want help and they're like, well, but how long do I have to do this reset or this cleanse or something like that? I'm like, no, no, we are trying to instill in you these lifestyle habits to, even if it's not perfection overnight, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Incorporate more vegetables, know where your meat is coming from, get rid of the junk ingredients. Like Emily said, let's make this a lifestyle that is sustainable with things that are going to serve you forever. Yeah. And then I agree with you with not being able to, if you can't pronounce it, probably shouldn't do it. But <laughs> some of those adaptogens are hard to pronounce for people too. So it's yeah, exceptions to that rule. Yeah. Like they're like, Ashwa, what? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely have trouble spelling them. That's for sure. Yes, that's true. But the point is the chemical stuff. If it looks like it's made in the lab, your body will probably think the same yes. thing. This is made in the lab. Yeah. All right. Next all right. So, yes. Yeah, so this is a good question that we kind of already rolled into a little bit, but what would you say to the criticism that a lot of us in wellness can get in regards to toxic diet culture? Okay. This is a Ooh. hot topic. <laughs> yes. So toxic diet culture, and then you have this re this other faction called anti-diet culture. And in my opinion, and I'll, I'll keep this as succinct as possible, but because I have a lot of thoughts on this is that it is um, just another symptom of the division that happens on social media. That's always gone on throughout human history. I mean, if you know anything about history, the world's always been divided in wars and and, and disagreements and us versus them, tribalism. This is nothing new. It's just done in a very unprecedented way with the advent of social media. And it's really the people that are hurting the most from this is the people that are so confused and they're thinking it's, well, it's this, it's either or. And I, I feel like they've gone too far in the extreme because of course 
I'm not an advocate for quote unquote toxic diet culture of shaming somebody into wellness. I mean, a major aspect of our clinic is telling people, loving them and showing them that you can't heal a body you hate. You cannot shame your way into wellness. And that's antithetical to our work in functional medicine. But then the other end is like, well, we can't even talk about nutrition, that there's no such thing as quote unquote bad foods. Well, I'll tell you what, if a food makes you sick and not feel good, it's bad. Yeah. Right. If a food breeds chronic health problems, it's not good. And it's it's a lie to say otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you cannot absolve yourself of basic facts in, in the name of body positivity. It's not positive to be struggling with chronic fatigue syndrome. It's not positive to be kept back from this. And something I said on social mm-hmm. media was like, Eating, repeatedly eating foods that don't love you back is like staying in a toxic relationship and wondering why you're so freaking miserable. Mm-hmm. But that, and avoiding foods that, that don't love you back isn't restrictive, it's self-respect. Yeah. And we need to realize that healthy boundaries like relationships should also apply to healthy boundaries with our foods. Mm-hmm. Yes. And focus on things that love you back. That's my thoughts yeah. on it. What do you guys think? No, I think that's so good. And here at the end of the day, yes, we should love our bodies because our body is sacred. It is a temple. But at the same time, if you're loving your body and, and, and viewing it that way, then how do we treat something that is sacred and is a temple, right? How do we treat our bodies? And, and that's what we have to view because, you know, in other areas of your life that you view as sacred, you you keep them in order, you keep them clean, you, you really treat them with the utmost respect and the utmost care. And I just think that we truly should learn to absolutely love our bodies with where we're at, but treat our bodies with that self love and respect and, and making sure that our food reflects that and what we ingest reflects that. Yeah. And, you know, I will hear a lot of things online or other places that restriction hurts people or telling someone that they can't have that food hurts people. But what about the hurt that the actual food does? Yeah. Like these red yeah. dyes that are tied to so many issue, these, the gluten, you know, the, the toxic, sugar, the, sugar, the toxic oils. chemicals, yeah. the bad oils. We talk about how restriction hurts people mentally, but we don't talk about how these foods are hurting our bodies physically. And we're not teaching yeah. ourselves that. And we're not so rigid to say that either you have to be perfect either. I don't right. think that we would, or any, none of should us ever, are. <laughs> should ever uh, uh, want that or think that because none of us, you said none of us are perfect none of either. Us are. No, it's I, a paradigm shift. Yes, I think it's yes. like, like I said in intuitive fasting, I think I said that in that book. And I obviously say this to patients all the time. You can ultimately eat whatever you want, but I want you to use food as a meditation as just as much as it being a medicine and saying, what foods serve you? Does this food make you feel good? And eat more mindfully and teach them mindful eating yeah. and saying, does it love me back? And maybe, you know, we have to make that decision for ourselves. Like you said, we're not perfect. And they may, may use that meal as a meditation and say, you know what? It really didn't make me feel great, but I enjoyed the socialization or I ate it to a certain degree and it wasn't a big drawback. I didn't have a flare up from it. I didn't have a horrible digestive problems with it. And then eat that food, then move on because the shame is worse than that food. Mm -hmm. But empower yourself with the knowledge that the food may have a detrimental effect on your body. And then if you make that decision, no one should shame you or make you feel bad, but at least have the empowerment and don't turn your nose up at the knowledge that that food could hurt you because that's knowledge you may need, especially later down the line. Right. Foods that raise inflammation, that impact your digestion, that impact your energy levels. It's, it's just basic avoiding those foods or at least decreasing them is, should be seen as a form of healthy boundaries and Mm self-respect. So hopefully we clarified that. Any other thoughts, Halls? What do you think? No, yeah, I was just thinking it it is a total perspective change, you know, and then it is empowering whenever you know Mm -hmm. what you're, what's working and what's not, you know, it's like. Yeah, it is. And you, you have, you give people sort of a clarity and I see patients find their center, right? When they start getting powered, they have this beautiful center and they Mm -hmm. can pivot from that center, but they know their center and they have like discernment and they have awareness and they can make the decision for themselves, not out of guilt or shame, but just agency. Like Mm -hmm. what, do whatever the heck you want, but you have to know what works for you, works best for you. Mm -hmm. And if you lose your path, if you know your center, you can get there quicker. And they like having that governance, not in a controlling way, but like in a like peace of mind way that they know these are the tools that are going to serve them the most. So it's a cool experience to see people have that paradigm switch over time. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's really cool to see. 
People age at different speeds, and the date on your license may not represent your inner biological age at all. If you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the keys to health and longevity run in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce your stress levels, improve your sleep, and optimize your overall health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, your DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you are optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise for you, the right nutrition for you, and supplementation for your body. It's bioindividuality at its best. And also, I love their Inner Age 2.0. You can add this to any plan for a definitive calculation on your true biological age to see how you're aging from the inside out. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. Or you can use code Will Cole at checkout for that 20% off at insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. ClearStem is anti aging anti-acne, and non-toxic all at the same time. They have no pore-clogging ingredients and no hormone disruptors in any of their products. They are designed to clear acne and stimulate collagen, so every single formula at ClearStem is equally anti-aging and anti-acne at the same time. They were formulated by the acne guru herself and based on over eight years of treating acne at the San Diego Acne Clinic. All the information you haven't gotten from a dermatologist but needed all along. ClearStem's education helps you identify your unique acne triggers and getting to the root cause of your acne. Most people report a massive transformation in their skin health in less than two weeks. If you haven't checked out my episode with Danielle and Kaylee, you definitely have to. They were on The Art of Being Well. We talked about so much. Those of you who listened to the episode have loved it so much. Honestly, out of all the episodes of The Art of Being Well so far, that's one of the top listened to episodes. You have to check it out. The episode with Kaylee and Danielle of Clear Stem. So here's the deal. So to get in on all the amazing things that ClearStem has, you have to use code WILLCOLE at checkout for 20% off your first purchase at clearstemskincare.com. Again, that's code WILLCOLE at checkout. You get 20% off your first purchase at clearstemskincare.com. Study corner. We need like Art some board? music transition. Yes. Marshall, the producer. Give us your let's ideas. Give it. Yeah. What is this called? Reading Rainbow. You know, it's probably copywritten, <laughs> but shout out to that. Let's go All to right. it. What's the first study? So the first one we have, uh, which comes out of Ohio State University. I am a Penn State and Pitt grad, but hey. Ohio State, they've got some things going on. Um, this study is very recent from May 19th, 2022. Uh, Dr. Wolf, you could talk about this. This is about how diet plays a key role in ADHD symptoms in children, uh, which I think a lot of our listeners will find very intriguing. Yeah. So this is a part of a larger study. Uh, researchers asked parents of 134 kids with ADHD symptoms to complete a detailed questionnaire. And they basically monitored things over a 90-day period. The results showed that kids who consumed more fruits and vegetables showed less severe symptoms of inattention and other ADHD symptoms. So the study was published online in the journal Nutritional Neuroscience. And I think it's just something that we see all the time. People that have neuro symptoms, ADHD, autism, people that have anxiety, depression, fatigue, that bringing more nutrient-dense foods into your life really improves outcomes. The study evaluated the effectiveness of also this uh, vitamin mineral supplement as well to treat ADHD. So if you're not getting it just through foods, what's the best, the next best thing? And some of it is you can't get it all through foods alone because of our soil and nutrient density of our food. But it really was a cool study to show that people that had chronic irritability, angry moods, 
outbursts of anger, really saw their severe symptoms improve dramatically. And there was several studies that have been done in conjunction with this, and they all kind of showed the same thing, that it's a good thing to, if you're dealing not just with ADHD, with any mood issue or health problem, to look at nutrient density. And this was just looking at fruits and vegetables, which is pretty elementary. Um, I guess it's a bad pun with kids here, but I mean, it's like a basic thing. I mean, there's so many other nutrient dense foods to consider too. I mean, they talk about how Western diets are uh, more likely to fall fruit on these fall short on fruits and vegetables. Uh, you can see what's on my mind. <laughs> um, whereas like Mediterranean diets and children on Mediterranean diets may not experience the same issues. And, you know, we have to think when we're hungry, we may not act the way we normally do. It's called hangry. Well, if our body's hungry for nutrients, we may not be acting the way we could and we may not have the attention that we can have. So it's all about feeding our body and feeding it the right nutrients for our brain to function properly in my mind. Yeah. And you might be sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, my kids are not going to eat <laughs> fruits and veggies and maybe they're picky eaters like my five-year-old son. Um, however, you know, just to encourage you to, the research shows that it can take up to 15 to 20 times to introduce a food to your child before they will eat it without hesitation. So just want to encourage you as a fellow mom, like just keep <laughs> trying, allow them to just put it on the plate. If they taste it, great. If they don't, that's okay too, but just, just try. How many, how many times? 15? Around 15 to 20 times. And okay. that's like when you first start yeah. feeding a baby and introducing food. So even if they have taste preferences already, it could take longer. So that's why I just don't, don't give up if you've tried it a couple times and it hasn't yeah. worked. Um, just last night I was trying to get my son to take a bite of salmon and I said, Hey, I'm just going to put it on your plate here. And if you mm -hmm. want to eat it, great. If you don't, that's okay. Yeah. Didn't really happen, but you know, yeah. what? Yeah. we'll try again. I think yeah. it's just, you know, just know that it's going to take some time, but that's absolutely okay. It's great to introduce this stuff yeah. to them. And if it takes kids that much, stubborn adults probably take oh, double goodness. that. Right. Yes. And we see that clinically a lot. We it's see like, that very and we see the most picky eaters in a few months, they're like, I thought I didn't like it, but they yeah. really, I don't want to say they're- liver meatloaf after yeah. a few months. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or vegetables, <laughs> like vegetables yes. they didn't focus yes. on. They're eating like Japanese sweet potatoes they never even had before or yes. some random vegetable or fruit. So it's, it's there's hope. We yes. see hope for adults all the time. Absolutely. And certainly for kids too over time. And this, the researchers believed in this specific study, they found that- they believe that the ADHD is related to low levels of some neurotransmitters in children and vitamins and minerals from these foods and additional supplementation play a key role as cofactors in helping the body make those important neurochemicals and an overall brain function. Mm -hmm. It's the raw materials for our brain. Mental health yes. is physical health. Mm -hmm. So we say that all the time on this podcast. All right, cool. What's the next study? Next question. Okay. Oh, yeah. Study. Sorry. Okay. So we can the, question the study. So let's. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So this one is also recent from May 2022. It's um, from the University of East Anglia. I think I said that right. I'm not sure. But it reminds me of. <laughs> Please, no what, accents. What is it? What's that show we watch? The Last Kingdom. The Last Kingdom. <laughs> Wessex. So we love a good period piece yes, in this we office. Well, here you go. So this one is titled How Cranberries Could Improve Memory and Ward Off Dementia. So this is, again, as you mentioned, they were looking at cranberries and the neuroprotective potential of cranberries. The research team studied the benefits of consuming the equivalent of a cup of cranberries a day among 50 to 80 year olds. And they hope their findings could have implications for the prevention of neurodegenerative diseases such as dementia. So very cool that basically have these compounds in the cran cranberries have these compounds that really act at, and to modulate the brain in a positive way and to lower uh, inflammation levels in the body. But half of the participants consumed freeze-dried cranberry powder equivalent to a cup or 100 grams of fresh cranberries daily. The other half consumed a placebo. I want to know what that placebo was. Yeah, must <laughs> so, have tasted like powdered cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but they uh, they saw a neurological improvement. They saw improved cholesterol markers as well. And 25% of all your body's cholesterol is in your brain. So I think there's probably something there. But they found that participants who consumed the cranberry powder showed significantly improved episodic memory performance in combination with improved circulation of essential nutrients such as oxygen and glucose to important parts of the brain that support cognition, specifically memory consolidation and retrieval, basically word, word recall and name recall. Um, so what do you guys think? I mean, my mom will love to hear this. She <laughs> loves her fruit, especially her cranberry. I was just going to say, my dad is going to love this study. <laughs> you have to look, again, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer with this, but a lot of cranberries have added sugar. Yes. yes. So it's like almost, yeah. it's ubiquitous to yeah. say. Well, that's what I was yeah. thinking of. Of like, where am I going to get, you know, cranberries that aren't sweetened already? Yeah. And they yes. also have, because they're so tart and we need to make everything so palatable yes. in this country. So, and they also will add seed oils yep. that mm -hmm. I don't really love either. Yep. Yep. So, you know, they have to make a good thing bad sometimes. This is probably not a shock to any of you, but I have a dehydrator for like meat and stuff. Of course. You can just buy, <laughs> buy some fresh uh, cranberries and just plop them in there and then it's not extra. And sure. I see them at the health food store. They'll have just plain cranberries. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure they are, do not sell out because people aren't buying them. No, but that's what the cranberries yeah. are buying. <laughs> <laughs> They're buying the candied ones. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. What do you think, Hollis or Emily? I'm just thinking, why cranberries? Why can't it be something else? I don't love cranberries, <laughs> yeah. but this like is fascinating. Like, this is fascinating. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, it's it's great. Again, it's I think it's empowering. Food is medicine, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Food is so, whole foods are so good for the body. So again, just if if you haven't already been encouraged from, from the rants that we've gone on previously, <laughs> um, this is proof. So this is evidence showing mm -hmm. this. So please right. just feel empowered and encouraged to, to look in more into these whole food medicines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Very cool. All right. So the next study, which this has been a hot topic probably for the last few years. Um, and I've obviously, as a mom, I love to hear your input on this too. But this study is uh, specifically about sun safety. So cancerous chemicals found in sunscreens. Okay. Got it. So there's several studies here. One is a randomized control trial that was published in JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association. The title was Effective Sunscreen Application on Plasma, meaning blood, concentration of sunscreen active ingredients, a randomized clinical trial. Within the past few years, the European Commission, I think a lot of things coming out of the EU and looking at chemicals, not just in sunscreen, but lots of environmental pollutants. I'm really excited about it because it's not happening in the States as much. At least I don't hear about it if it is. They published preliminary opinions on the safety of three organic UV filters that are used in sunscreen. We have oxybenzone. So read the labels on the sunscreens, everybody. Oxybenzone, homosalate, and octocrylene. It's found that the levels of two of them were not safe in the amounts at which they are currently used and proposed a concentration limit of 2.2% of oxybenzone and 1.4% of homosalate. U.S. sunscreen manufacturers are legally allowed to use these two chemicals at concentrations up to 6 and five, six and 15% respectively. And hundreds of sunscreen manufactured in the United States use them at concentrations that far exceed the European Commission's recommendations. The ingredients, oxybenzone, octanooxate, and lots of other benzones are all systemically absorbed into the body after one use, just one use, according to that study that I just referenced. So we have to be looking at this because our skins are lar largest organs. Previous studies detected many sunscreen ingredients in breast milk and urine samples. The study specifically here, I'm going to reference it for you geeks out there. It was called Fundamental Questions of Sun Protection. It was published in the Dermatoendocrinology Medical Journal, looking at breast milk and finding sunscreen chemicals wow. in people's breast milk. In addition, it's possible for sunscreen users to inhale ingredients in those sunscreen sprays mm -hmm. and ingest some of the ingredients they apply to their lips. So the, so the ingredients must not be harmful to the lungs or internal organs. So the environmental working group and the FDA in some respects here are looking at these things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what do you guys think? I mean, I think it's a conversation that's been a long time coming. I mean, you think that anything you can spray on your body like that and just absorbs that rapidly. 
I don't know. To me, that was always a red flag. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I just really fear that a lot of, and I might be going out on a limb here, but a lot of these skin cancer issues, was it the sun or was it those people using toxic sunblocks for the longest time? I mean, I just, I don't mean to, you know, raise craziness here, but- we should be looking at it. Yeah, if you're looking, yeah. if even the FDA and these medical journals are looking at these things as being toxic, we have to look. Too much sun isn't good, but these chemicals in high concentrations aren't good either. Yeah. And it's maybe a combination of factors. Right. And I love that even the study, they interviewed people and they saw that a large portion of people understand that they need to protect their skin and protect from, you know, too much sun, like we're talking about, but a small percentage even understood the connection and the correlation and the health impacts from the toxic chemicals. And that's where I just think we have to have a better understanding and know that, you know, there are also different ways, not to say that we shouldn't be using sun protectant, but there are different ways to protect your skin. Yeah. You know, and, and knowing yeah. that, you know, making sure, like you said, that you're watching how much time you're spending in the sun and do you need to um, be in the shade a little bit, you know, while you're outside or wearing sun protecting clothing, clothing yeah. things yeah. like There's that. Some- Cool yeah. stuff out there. And what's also fascinating is other studies that are done. It w- this one was published in photodermatology, photoimmunology, and photomedicine. It was it the it was uh, EWG, the Environmental Working Group peer reviewed study published in this medical journal. They found that a lot of the higher SPF sunscreens, like SPF seventy and higher, mm-hmm. are actually they give the consumer a false sense of protection. And they don't protect as much as you think that they do. And they have higher concentrations of these chemicals. So one of the advice I would be to get a lower SPF, SPF 30, even, you know, if you want to go up as high as SPF 50, I would avoid the higher SPFs. The FDA is even kind of advising the same thing is like, yes, if you're worried about the sun, limit the time in sun, sun, wear protective clothing, wear SPF 30, something like that. And let's give the people some suggested. Yeah. Um, so I've got one, if you guys don't mind, just because I kind of got on this rabbit trail like last year, because I remember there was an EWG list and it talked about like, you know, is it is this chemical safe and effective? Does it penetrate the skin? Does it cause hormone disruption? And is it likely for skin allergy or other concerns? And the two ingredients that were the safest on that list were usually titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. Yeah. I usually go towards the Blue Lizard brand because it's zinc oxide. And then the rest of the ingredients are like coconut oil, aloe leaf, again, like cocoa seed butter, things I can pronounce that I can probably find in some form in nature and put on my body and I will not react to or breathe in and sneeze and cough. So I love the Blue Lizard Sensitive Mineral Sunscreen and it comes in a nice stick and it's really good. I mean, yeah, yeah. sometimes it stays a little bit white, but <laughs> whatever. I mean, it's not toxic. Yeah, yeah the zinc oxide <laughs> will have that little white. Yes. But some companies are better mm. with the, the absorption after yes. a while, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I really love the Think brand. Mm-hmm. And That's I will say one. this, I'm all about using the EWG guide for, you know, a lot of our products, but I'm also, I'm also that person that I want to be able to find a brand that I can go pick up at the, my local yeah. grocery store too. Like I try <laughs> to have that balance, mm-hmm. not to say that there are, there are some brands that I definitely order off offline because I know that's the best. I want the best, but I try to keep things realistic too. And that's why I also, I love the Think brand because they're, I think they're um, a one on EWG's website, yeah. but so you the can lower the score, the, the better. Lower yes. the score, yeah. yeah so I love green. the EWG verified, but anywhere between the, the verified and like a one and a two is all in yeah. the green. So those are good brands to look for. Um, and that brand you can specifically find, I get it at my local target or whole foods or, you know, mm-hmm. just your local grocery store. So I love to find things that I can really just like pick up easily when needed. Yeah. And sometimes it's not always possible, but that's what I look for. Yeah. yeah. If you actually, and this is just a little, trick too. If you look at the baby brands, cause everything's safer for babies. And if you're looking in the store, like Sarah V not, they've got some great products, but their baby sunscreens are all like zinc oxide because it's safer yeah. for babies. Yeah. You know? And target. I remember when my kids were smaller, the, we got the California baby, which is EWG, like well-rated by the EWG. That's at most targets, California baby and adults can use it too. Like you mentioned yes. beauty counters doing some really cool things. I think Biosance is okay. a really great one too. Cool. And Juice Beauty is doing some cool stuff, better scores with the EWG. I'm just going through brands that I'm thinking of that 
are well rated. But yeah, beauty counter, beauty counter is what my family typically uses, and they have kids stuff as well. Um, there was a study published out of the University of Queensland in Australia that we have, many of us have these g- genetic variances of what's called the sunscreen gene. It's this gene variance in the histidine ammonia lyase gene, the HAL gene. And they found that this gene can vary the concentration of the small molecule in the skin, which acts like an internal SPF, which I think is kind That's of cool. That's crazy. Genes yeah. are neat. <laughs> if you learn nothing else, genes are neat. I'm a dork. We call her the office dad. Yeah. I am. Yeah. A little yeah. dad, a little researcher, yeah. a little dorky. I'll own it. It's yeah. fine. But, you know, you mentioned we some of the gene variants that we look at on patients. We don't look at the... SBF, the sunscreen gene, but we look at the VDR gene, which you mentioned, the vitamin D receptor yeah. gene, that this all is all tied into vitamin D, right? And, and getting healthy levels of sunlight because there are studies that show the benefits of sunlight, there are benefits that are independent of vitamin D. That vitamin, if you remove the vitamin D factor and all the benefits we talked about, there's benefits of sunlight that helps to support T regulatory cells and the way our body's immune system regulates itself, the way it impacts inflammation levels in the body. So we don't even understand yeah. how beneficial sunlight is, healthy amounts of sunlight is even beyond the vitamin D yeah. component, which is fascinating. Holly, do you have any other additional thoughts about this? I'm just thinking this is, I still need to work on my SPF. Let's be real. <laughs> you're already uh, I'm writing down here. what you're going to purchase. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, I've said shopping this list. before, but these episodes, I'm always just like learning from everyone Aww, because I'm not that. on the patient team. So this is like relatively new-ish info for me. But I'm thinking like, yo, no offense to my mom, but like <laughs> growing up, I mean, she, think of like growing up, I was getting lathered with yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't know any better. When we were young was when those spray ones came out and mom would be yes. like, hold still. And you'd be like, shh. <laughs> oh like, my God. Breathe all that ish. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. Lots Look to learn. Darla, shout out to Darla. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, here we are ready for summer, y'all. We love Darla, but you know, you do. Darla, like, just our, like all of our moms, they did Donna. the best they could yes, with the information they, they had. Yes, they did. Mama no G. shame to the Mama moms G. of the generation before yes, us. because we love you, know, you. They didn't even know this crap. Oh, and they're, no. they're being marketed to and they're buying stuff on the shelves just like people are today. So, hopefully when you know better, you do better, like Maya Angelou said. And that's what we're trying to empower people yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. Power. Is that all we got? That's all we got. Yeah, sir. Wow. that's good timing. All right, everybody. If you want to learn more about our clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and remember the giveaway of the book, so go leave, rate, and review the podcast. Put your uh, message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole and let's say that you did it and we'll pick a winner and you can receive a signed book and I'll put even your name in it. Well, I'll have Holly and Megan and Emily all sign the book too. (laughs) An AMA signed (laughs) book. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.